Howdy, howdy, and thanks for tuning into episode 77 of the Eyes Free Sports Podcast. This is your host, Greg Lindbergh. Here on episode 77 of Eyes Free Sports, our guest is a young man who is a highly talented multi-sport adaptive athlete, and uh, most recently he has had some great achievements in both beat baseball as well as blind soccer. So let's go ahead and hit the field now for episode 77. Okay, so my guest here on this episode of the podcast is Ricardo, uh, aka Ricky, Castaneda. Ricky, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Greg. Definitely. Really appreciate you taking the time to chat here. I know you've uh, just had some some amazing news that you got recently about blind soccer, which we'll definitely get into. And uh, as far as beat baseball, definitely have a lot to, to chat about as well there. Oh, yeah. I definitely like talking about my sports. It's been my whole life, basically. So it's been a fun road. Cool. Then let's uh, we'll go ahead and dive in here. So why don't we just start things off here, just uh, give us kind of a background of yourself as far as uh, where you were born and kind of your early years. I am 22 years old, and I was born in Fort Worth, Texas, right off uh, 30 minutes from Dallas. I've been living here for all my life, and it's been great. I love Texas. I've been to other states also, but I really, really love Texas. I think this is my this is my home my home for the rest of my life, I guess. Um, at the age of around four, I was diagnosed with paraplonitis. Uh, it's a inflammation in the retina. Um, I've only met one person with it and it's genetic. My mother has it and my little sister have it. And my other sister, she's 19 years old. She came out fine. So there's three of us. And so I have two sisters. I'm the oldest. Um, my youngest sister is 12. And so, yeah, it's just been the, the four of us all through my life. At the age of 11, I went half blind. Some of those might know it as 2,400 or 2,600 on the right eye, 2,400 on the left. Um, at the age of 15, uh, I was doing sports and wrestling and judo and all that stuff when I had retinal detachments due to my condition. So I ended up losing all my vision on a weekend. Um mm took about three months to heal after that they try to attach it and then uh just finally decided to not do any more surgeries i was done with medicine i've been at it since the age of four so just i'm blind now just leave me alone i guess um right and then i really started my my training i guess in sports i found physical fitness i found a judo i found wrestling i found swim team and this was all at the, the texas school for the blind and visually impaired and I would go to private school at McCallum High School also uh, for some electives. So that's that's been my life all day, every day, just sport and physical physical fitness. Nice, nice. And I did want to ask a little more about uh, education. I think I'd read you were working on an associate degree. Yeah, I'm working my associate's degree in kinesiology. Um, I aspire to be a physical therapist one day. I've never met a blind physical therapist, um, so I hope I'm the first um, to achieve that goal, at least, to teach others. Uh, I like to go into just random places, you know? I like to get lost and uh, find new things. And uh, I think that's what really brought me to everything, yeah. It brings me to sport, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. 
Um, so I know, you know, we t- we mentioned at the top uh, as far as blind soccer and beat ball. So which of those sports did you kind of start first? Uh, beat baseball, I started first back in uh, 2017 with the Lone Star Roadrunners. Uh, I went to a, I think it was a disability camp or something like that. I forget. It's a very famous one. I can't remember the name right now, but uh, Dennis and Graham and Ozzy back when he was uh, – with us, they all went to this camp to teach all these kids about beat baseball. So I got to swing a bat. It was a bat that had no grip, had nothing. The ball didn't even beep. They showed me how to hit it. I remember Dennis, uh, as he's known as cousin in the league, he uh, held out a, it was like a ball with a stick on it. And he held it and was telling me to swing at it. And then I finally got to pitch off a of ground. And that was my first time hitting a ball. And so I think two weekends later or a weekend later, I found out that he lived nearby me and the the team was always practicing. So I practiced with them. I went to Florida. That was my first World Series. Real hot. But it was amazing. It was was like the best experience I've had, you know. Nothing like before, just like companionship and friends and people like me. Um, People trying to aspire into something great, you know. And so after that, I eventually went to, I believe it was Wisconsin. And I think there was one right in between, um, but I don't remember it. Uh, In 2019, I switched to the San Antonio Jets. Uh, That was when Kevin used to be there three years before. And from then on, I've been playing for the Jets. Nice. Very cool. And uh, what, what would you say you enjoy most about just playing beatball? I love the team. I love my team, especially. It's Jet Life, baby. So, oh, I yeah. mean, <laughs> we're, we're a huge family, and I, I, love, I love my brothers. I love my sisters. And uh, it's, it's a great experience in the league, you know, playing a, playing a sport that I wouldn't think to play, like hitting a ball with a bat. It's just kind of like when you hear blind soccer. How do you play blind soccer, you know? People just think of people just running into each other and chaos and the ball believing no. the, the the lines. But it's organized just like our sport. For sure. Yep. I know the, the San Antonio Jets, your team did compete uh, in the, the championship game of the NBBA World Series this year. And uh, just talk to me about that experience going up against the edge and just kind of the, the whole run to the championship. Uh, I have to go a little bit more back because that was not my first time starting for the Jets. But uh, back in, I think it was 2020, I believe it was during COVID and we had the indie tournament. And so I went there. I believe we were short of players. So they put me up front. It was rainy. Uh, it was an amazing time being in the championship game. Yeah. I'm very, very nervous. Very, very nervous for sure. It's my first time. <laughs> Um, yep. but my team got me and they got me under control and they know how to control my emotions. Just like I know we know how to control each other's. But after that, we went into the championship game for 2021 with Kevin trying to win it for him before he retired. And, uh, that was amazing. It was like, it was like being somewhere like you knew that you were there, but it was just another day basically. Right, but it's just more feelings, and you just gotta grab those feelings and crush them down for the just for the game. You know, those feelings come after. So yeah, that was that. And then we came into twenty two, 
Um, we saw a big component with the edge. So uh, we we went up and we tried our hardest. We came out uh, four for four on Friday, I believe. I believe we twelve round everybody also. So that was that was awesome. Felt great. Didn't feel real. It just kept going and going and going. I played all eleven games, even when we were missing half of the team at the beginning. So it was great. It was awesome. It was an unbelievable experience to have, especially. Oh yeah, no doubt. I know you get you guys kind of I think surprised maybe some people and definitely made a quite a run there uh, in that series. You know this year. Um, I know you did mention Kevin Simpson, longtime uh, beat baseball pitcher for many years and retired, like you mentioned, last year in 2021. Yep. Uh, what was it like uh, having him on your team and, and hitting against him? Oh, man. Kevin's amazing. He's he's just like like all the Jets. We we love beat baseball and we love the sport. And uh, we we play with each other. We bounce ideas off each other. It's It's great. And Kevin... Kevin is a master. He's definitely a master. And I've I've worked with uh, uh, Frank Mathena, um, Graham, Lupe Perez, and people like that, you know, just Hall of Famers, Zach Arambula, Axel Cox, David Smith. I've had a good – I have good coaches throughout the, throughout the years. Even in 2017, I remember Lupe coming to help out the Roadrunners with his cousin Kat. And he pitched for the Roadrunners back in 2017 in Florida, I believe, also my first year. So I mean, it's been a it's been a great run, and Kevin Kevin has definitely been an amazing teacher. A little harsh on the rough sides, but it's all love. It's all love, baby. <laughs> oh yeah. So it sounds like you definitely learned a lot from him. Yes, sir. Nice, nice. And then uh, your pitcher this year uh, was it Jeremy? J Dog, Jeremy Lopez. Yeah, he That's he definitely right. stepped up to the plate, and uh, he showed us. He showed. I think he showed all the league what he can do, and I I love that man. I love that man so much. It's just during the game. It's just different. I don't know, but I love you, Jeremy. <laughs> awesome. Appreciate that shout out. Um, so as far as beatball, just in general, um, just talk to me about your approach. Let's start with, uh, you know, as far as batting, your approach at the plate. When you step up to that dish, what's kind of your your approach and how do you kind of calm the nerves and get yourself, uh, you know, in the, the right mindset to hit the ball? Just like everybody, they have their own, uh, their own uh, I guess, tradition that they do up in the plate. Some of us dust off our feet. Some of us touch the plate. Uh, me personally, I let my uh, my pitcher, my catcher, sorry, grab my bat. He's going to put up to the plate. He's going to put it in the center. I'm going to kneel down. I'm going to grab my middle finger and my ring finger of my left hand. I'm running across the front of the plate. I get back up and I take a, take a small breath while I'm lifting up the bat and I'm in my ready stance. And it's just, it's just like going into – like going into work it's like it's, it's another day it's, it's more work so that's how i think about beat baseball in any sport i think about it as work you gotta put in work so um, that's what we do during during the year and that's what we bring to every game and every series and every little scrimmage that we that we go to even when we scrimmage against each other right gotcha 
And then when it comes to defense out in the field, uh, where do you where do you play? Where do you like to play? Where do you think you fit in best in the field? I fit on the short right. I play with Zach Arambula. He's my partner in crime. I'm pretty fast, pretty nimble. I'm young, of course. I can take a lot of hits on the floor. I can heal in like <laughs> two hours, take a 10-minute nap. I'm, I'm good for four, you know? So uh, <laughs> that's what I was doing during the whole the whole series. Just ten minute naps here, ten minute nap there. Especially those that four game on Friday. Oh man, that was crazy. That's right, four games in one day. Yeah. Yep. So my uh, my biggest strength is speed. So I try to I try to capture my speed and I try to use it against my advantage, and it works, you know. But your groin and your your legs start start aching so you gotta you gotta take care of yourself it was uh it's pretty it's pretty brutal i think in the front it's a lot of communication and a lot of running especially um i gotta cover a lot of ground so uh so far it's been great they tried me at the four at the beginning uh zach was out for three days so we said uh forget it and so we're Put me at the four and put our new rookie, Hector Lara, uh, one of my longtime best friends, at the number one, short short right, where my position is. Found out during the Austin game that I was not uh, ready for that four spot, really. And so they moved me back to the, to the right, which I'm comfortable with. But uh, I'm working towards other spots also. Got to be flexible. Nice. Oh yeah. Versatility. So important, right? Yes, sir. This all-star game, I'm not sure where I'm going to play. So, uh, we're, we're talking about it. I'm on the red team. I hope they put me short and I hope they let me go backwards, but we'll see. I'm always down for a change. Oh yeah. Definitely glad you brought that up. Just tell us a little more about that game when that is where it's going to be and just kind of the, the whole game. It's going to be in San Antonio, Texas, where the Jets uh, stomp their, their boots, where they train. So uh, we're going to have a fun time. The I believe the rooms are paid for. Uh, Tappy, a organization that is run by Zach Arambula, Will Lopez, and D. Smith, along with uh, Will Lopez's, I believe, wife, Emily Shubin. And then I think there's Hector Lara and some of us are a part of like the outreach of different sports, such as me as blind soccer. I've done a couple clinics with them trying to like show them and for they can understand it better. Videos can only do so much for us blind people. So yep. uh, that's what I am. I, I love the, I love blind soccer. I love, I love how it is. So I help San Antonio and I help my friends uh, learn that and help others but back to the all-star game it's gonna be a fun time it's a bunch of rookies and top top tier players from other teams i think it was a great idea uh brought to brought by tappy and some of our other players in the league i think it's gonna bring the league to a to a higher competition standpoint i think it'll be good definitely oh yeah and i know it's a pretty new event so we're super excited to hear you know when it was announced and like you said, I think it can uh, kind of open some other, some new doors uh, for people. Yes, sir. That's all we're looking for. More doors, more doors. Oh, yeah. Keep running through them, right? <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay, let's uh, move on to, to blind soccer. Um, so talk to me about how you first found out about blind soccer and got involved. 
Blind soccer. Uh, I've been talking about blind soccer since 2016. I went to a USABA identification camp for judo. I was really into it after I got out of high school. And I was training hard for the uh, Paralympic team. I was trying to be a national high school like athlete for, par- for judo, Paralympic judo. And so I went uh, with a whole bunch of other young teens just like me to Colorado and they showed us all these sports. They would give us like trainings and they were testing our times just to see if we qualified at least. And I got hurt uh, during one of the throws when somebody threw me. So when I got hurt, I decided right then to quit judo because I'm very safe with, with my sports. I don't like getting hurt, especially who does. So I, I always come prepared. And at the time I didn't feel prepared for judo, you know? So Kevin Broussard uh, was talking about blind soccer and showed me a soccer ball. And uh, it kind of brought me in a flashback to when I was around seven to eight years old. And I remember racing my cousin out the indoor soccer field because they were about to play a game. Um, I couldn't see very well, such as through glass and stuff like that. So in indoor, there are walls of course, but these are glass walls or plaster. I think they're plastic. So when we were running through, I thought it was a double door. So I let my cousin go through the left and I was going to go through the right. Um, When that happened, I hit the wall because there was no door there. My eyes tricked me. Um, I got sat down by my aunt and by my mother and was told that I couldn't be playing soccer anymore, at least indoor, just for that reason. So kind of broke my heart, my sport heart, but I guess I kind of understood at the same time. So once I was introduced in 2017, uh, that ball, once it was shaken in front of me and being played with by my feet, you know, it was like a flashback of going back and I was like, I'm hooked. I'm already hooked. I'm, I'm all in now. <laughs> so uh, yep. they flew me out to Baltimore, Maryland uh, that year. It was a bunch of just athletes that were trying to that were trying to find like interest in blind soccer. Um, so it was all these athletes, and we went crazy. I'm telling you, we went ballistic. There was bloody noses, concussions, broken noses. I think I injured my my ankle. There was sprained ankles. There was all kinds of stuff, right? But it was fun. Wow. It was it was exciting. It was it was it was everything I ever wanted. It was like wrestling judo and like soccer and goal ball combined in like one sport for me. Um, cause I could use my feet. It was a ball that rattled. I can use my hips. I, I just can't grab or pull or I can, I can shove. I can't full on drop though. Um, so if anybody has seen five aside, five aside soccer, they know how it's played. It's basically the same thing as blind soccer, but we added the rule of saying voy. So voy is the international word for I'm coming or I'm attacking you. You can also say here and go in the rules. It doesn't specify what you have to say as long as it's an, it's an attack word and fast and knowing the other player knows that you're there attacking them. So I'm going to try to paint a, paint a picture for y'all. It is a five on five. Goalie is fully sided. There's two walls on either side. It's 120 feet by 60 feet. Um, that is 40 meters by 20 meters. 
the walls go along the, the length of the field, so 120 feet away. Um, usually they're slanted to from like 10 to 15 degrees outwards um, for when you hit the wall, you don't go over it. You kind of run it, run into it with your feet and it's about waist height, uh, maybe a little bit, a little bit more. So like I said, uh, we're blind. So in Paralympic uh, rules, we have to be all fully blind. So that's one thing I like about this sport that they don't lie to me that everybody is blindfolded everybody is completely blind certified by doctors and uh they're uh eye doctors and also we have our own paralympic doctors that have to check you out during during competition we wear patches and blindfold on top of that and it's a four on four so four blind players and one goalie the goalie is fully sighted uh the goalie that we have now for the national team is uh doing great he's lengthy and he's strong so it's a four on four if you think of it like a diamond shape so we set up you can set up in different ways in different formations as long as you know where you're at on the field you're you're good so like i said it's 120 by 60 feet so there's two there's one player on the forward so about midfield not midfield a little bit less than midfield and then there's two players on the walls, and then there's one defensive player behind, like basically 20 feet from the goalie in front of them. We usually all stay in our zones, and there's usually two forwards or one forward. Um, but like I said, there's different formations. And that's that's about it. It's just regular soccer. Awesome. Very cool. And so I know uh, recently you were named to the, you know, I, I know you mentioned the the national team, the U.S. Uh, national blind soccer team, uh, which is the first ever, you know, official national team. And uh, just talk to me about what that meant to you to, to kind of get that call, how you actually found out about it and just kind of what that honor means to you. Oh, man. I mean, I mean, USABA has literally done a lot for me, like emotionally, as a person, as a individual looking for, for, for a job. I mean, there's a lot, you know? So just naming the national team was a big jump for us. Cause we've been hearing it for years and years and years that we might make a team or there's a team maybe coming or this and that. And so, I mean, it's just the grind of five years and then finally making it here and being like, okay, now I'm here. I'm, I'm in the national team. It's just, it feels like a dream still. Um, it feels like I haven't even got the call, but I know I'm, I know I'm in already, you know? Um, so yeah. now, I mean, the feeling was, was immense and it was rewarding to me that I, that I made it when we, when we play blind soccer, they're going to come, they're going to say, oh, we're going to have a fight. So we better be ready. You know, I want to be a part of who makes that, you know, and it, exactly. it's a great pleasure. Even if, even if I don't make it to LA 2028 in the Paralympics, um, I would gladly step aside and give somebody else a better player the chance to play there instead of me. Cause I want to represent my country. It gives me a great satisfaction. Wow. I can definitely hear the, the passion in your voice and the emotion and everything. And uh, out of curiosity, was it like a phone call or email? How did you actually find out? So after the camp in Chula Vista, we went to the Olympic Training Center 
and uh, trained there for three days. And they were testing our athletic ability. They were testing our mobility. They were testing our ball skills. They were testing our social skills. They were testing everything. They were, they were looking at basically everything a part of your life, how you are as a person. Can you get along with others? And it's a whole team effort. Soccer, This it's a team, you know? It's not individualized sure. such as like track or wrestling or judo. So yeah, it was just a, it was just a call. My coach, my head coach called me with uh, one of her assistant coaches, coach Laz and coach Katie. Coach Katie is our head coach and coach Laz is our, one of the assistant coach. And they told me I made the team. They told me I uh, made it as a forward slash midfielder. And those would be my primary positions, I believe. Um, if not, if they, if I get better at something else or if somebody's better than me, then they can have that spot, but uh, they would need to fight for it. You know, um, it's exciting. It's great. That's all I really have to say. And that's all I can say, you know? Oh yeah. Very cool. Everything's shaky. You know, there's, there's no really league in the United States. There's not really players right. moving. Um, that's why I'm an ambassador for the sport. I'm one of six, um, along with our Paralympic athlete in track, David Brown. And he's amazing. If you ever get a time to interview him, he has a great backstory and, a, and just a great story and all. Any other tournaments coming up like next year? Anything that you guys are kind of working toward? So I believe we're going to have a friendly match in March. Um, I'm not sure if it was announced or if it's just rumors. But after our training, after March, uh, we're supposed to have a, I guess, a Canada come, coming over and playing a small little scrimmage with us. So that would be fun. And I know uh, I have my own team here at the Metro Blaze, and there's another team that has been started by Mark Slavin up in Dallas um, with, I believe his name is Angel, forgot his last name. And so we're planning to scrimmage them soon in the future. It'll be exciting right now. We just made a fundraiser for the Metro Blaze. I put it out on Beatball Nation of uh, our square fundraiser. We were selling squares for the Cowboys Thanksgiving game. So that went pretty good. We're done. Tomorrow we'll be putting out the paper and all that stuff and yeah i mean that's that's all we see in the future right now we're just trying to get people noticing blind soccer and playing and moving such even even the younger group like 16 15 year olds because in in six years they'll be 21 22 um so those are the we're really trying to focus on the the young the young athletes right now and trying to spread it and get them moving right very cool and I know you did mention uh, the LA Games, uh, which are going to be in 2028, both the Olympics and Paralympics. And, uh, you know, if you do get a chance to actually compete in the Paralympics, what would that mean to you to put on the, the red, white, and blue? Oh, man. I don't know. I'll probably have a heart attack right there. And then something, <laughs> something, something of my body would, would go off. I know that, but, oh. Uh, I don't know. I mean, just thinking about it gives me, gives me shakes. Cause I mean, for sure. I'm not, I'm not all, all together when I'm playing sports, you know, I need, I need help from my coaches. I need help from my teammates to tell me when to calm down, especially like they say it's 90% mental, 10% physical. So what are you going to do when that 90% comes around? Are you going to, are you going to freak out and maybe lose the ball or are you going to, are you going to keep the ball 
and uh, breathe and slow down your heart rate so you can slow down your mind and actually think. Yep. I, I love sports psychology and I love how it works. Um, I guess that's why I'm in sports. Nice. Nice. Uh, so just to wrap up here, a couple things, uh, what kind of advice would you give to someone listening to this who maybe has never played any kind of adaptive sport for the blind, uh, maybe is afraid of, you know, getting hurt or just has some anxiety about it. Uh, what, you know, what would you tell that person as far as the benefits of sports? It's a, it's a very scary road and, uh, you'll find others just like you and just, just go along with them, you know, and learn, learn from, from them, learn from crazy experiences. I once tried to make blind football with the jets that ended up terribly, you know, but we still tried it. We still had a, some success with it. So we're, we're still working on it. Any, any, I think anything could be possible as long as you put work on it, as long as you think about it. So just keep going and exploring. It gives us all a bigger advantage if you, if you teach others also. For sure. Definitely well said. And then if people want to get in touch, uh, any social media, anything you want to mention out there? Um, USABA Blind Soccer on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, you can follow me on TikTok, on Instagram also. Um, I'm starting to put out some more videos of blind soccer and doing a little bit more of how the national team is being named or what we're doing. So you can follow me there. We follow us at the Metro blaze. Uh, we're always trying to get more followers and trying to spread the sport of blind soccer. So yeah, USABA blind soccer, uh, and USABA in general. Awesome. I can definitely include links to all those, uh, in the show notes as well. Sweet. Nice. Cool. All right. Uh, then, uh, again, we've been chatting with, uh, Ricky Castaneda. And uh, Ricky, really appreciate the time. Uh, it's been a pleasure chatting with you here. Congrats just on everything that you've accomplished. Oh, I know thanks, there's man. Definitely a lot of more, lot, lot, you know, a lot of good stuff ahead for you in the future as well. Yes, sir. I hope I hope more people are interested, and I hope they they reach out and start asking questions. Awesome. Alrighty. Thanks again, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Be sure to follow the Eyes Free Sports podcast at facebook.com slash eyesfreesports and on Twitter at eyesfreesports.com.